0: What does it take to be a winner? To stand up and fight every day even when your dreams are shattered. What keeps that spirit going? Today's local hero is a winner. She's been an international level tennis player and is now the nutritionist with the biggest athletes in the country. Ladies and gentlemen, athlete, sports scientist, nutritionist and local hero, Krishmi Cheda
1: thank you thank you so much
0: welcome welcome on the show i'm so happy that you're here thank you for helping me realize that nutrition is more of a lifestyle what made you realize that
1: first of all thank you for believing in me because had you not done that i don't think i would have been able to help you in the first place and um, you know that because you've we've known each other when i was younger as well when i was playing tennis and i think my journey with fitness, health, nutrition, everything started firsthand with tennis when I was playing. And as time passed for me professionally when I was playing tennis, I think one of the most important things for me was that I struggled with my nutrition throughout. I think from the coaches to my parents telling me, Kuch khati nahi hai. Yeah, you know, at the same time thinking that I was too lean, I wasn't strong enough. I think nutrition was a big hurdle for me in a lot of places and being vegetarian there was another struggle that came being on the circuit and there were so many questions about whether I should be eating meat you know coaches believed that I didn't have enough strength because of that of course those trends are changing now but at that time for me it was so important to know things firsthand. and I decided that you know when I finished my tennis career it was maybe out of vengeance that I wanted to come back and be able to help that many more people who would have gone through the struggle that I did so that's where my like, journey actually started. Talking about fitness
0: started. and talking mm. about you as a professional tennis player, mm. a lot of people that you see on TV, a lot of people that we worship, can do what they want because they're fit. Yes, absolutely. And getting fit starts with understanding to eat right. Yeah. When it started for you, when tennis started off for you, mm. what were the first few mistakes that you ended up making when it came to your nutrition?
1: I think um, see, as Indian parents. Mm. I personally think you're always constantly there with your child and providing food. So I don't think it was the availability of food for me because my mom used to travel with me and she used to make sure that, you know, I'm getting food no matter where I I am. Yeah, but at the same time, I think there's so much information out there and you come with your, you know, grandparents say something, what you come with. Culturally, we have a lot of differences food-wise from where you come from. So I think it was about bringing in that variety for me, which was initially a challenge. But the important thing I think is to have a routine and luckily sport did that for me. So even though I would have say a drawback in terms of the amount I could eat, because I think when you're playing sport you need to eat more, I don't think it was the availability of food. But for a lot of people I feel sometimes because they have limited palate or they don't want to eat everything, that becomes a challenge a lot of times and you know they're so used to eating things their way and how things are at home or you know how it's presented to them I think that's a big challenge so I had challenges in terms of quantity I have a small appetite I think it helps now because (laughs) I don't put on weight but in tennis times I think I had to eat a lot more because six hours of training on court wasn't easy and you're growing so the second challenge I think for me was that had I known a little better during my growth phase Maybe I could have been taller, maybe I could have been, you know, more muscle. So there were things that my body wanted or needed, which I didn't get at that time because I think I I could have understood things better and eaten the right amounts to get the recovery and the strength building that I was looking at.
0: When you're looking at athletes today, when you're looking at kids today, because Mm -hmm. I remember I started playing tennis when I was five and I started playing tournaments when I was eight or nine. Yeah. Uh, It's a lot earlier now, I'm seeing kids who are six and seven hitting the ball so hard when it comes to tennis. Mm. I'm seeing kids on the cricket field Mm. catching the season ball that I still get so scared to hold. And these kids are doing it. So when they're starting off young, how young is young?
1: So the the earliest we see kids, especially for sports or, you know, those who are looking at sports professionally is four years of age. So I have already met athletes, like you said, I think the good thing is people are aware kids are making choices earlier saying, no, you know, I want to be a sports person, whatever sport it may be. I think the youngest athlete I've seen is a girl swimmer who's just four years old. So it's amazing because I think kids also have an incline now because of the influence around us. But at the same time, sports in India wasn't a chosen career. Now it is. And it's as good as a career for anything such as, you know, financially or recognition-wise, etc. Absolutely. So four is as early as we start because by then also the child comprehends a lot more. By six, they almost comprehend everything from what they like, what they don't like, coordination skills. Everything starts to build from the age of six, which is where I think, you know, even when you started tennis, five and six is when you were learning your skills. yes. And they just get better as you get older. And the kids are hitting puberty now even as early as 8, which earlier used to be 10 wow. and 11, yes. 8? 8, as early as 8. So what's happened is the entire trend has shifted. Kids are growing at a faster pace. So I feel anywhere between 6 and 10 is an important time to immediately start with nutrition. And of course, by then you also have some choices that you've already made whether you know what kind of routine you're going to have school with extracurricular activities i mean even for that matter i think people forget nutrition is not only for exercise for kids nutrition is everything it helps you grow better it helps you with your brain function so whether you're academically inclined you have music as a career you are you're doing any other extra activity i think nutrition anyways is going to help
0: Uh, You've met a lot of top athletes. you met athletes uh, during these Paralympics. And I think it's phenomenal that what they can do and we with our entire bodies can't. And it's just that determination. Absolutely. If you were to point out what are the things that somebody like them come into when they sit next to you, sit opposite you versus somebody who's coming to you just, you know, I'm getting married and losing weight. What is the mindset difference between these two types of people?
1: So firstly, I think any of the Paralympians I've worked with don't believe that they're going for a Paralympic. It's preparing for an Olympic for them. So I think the best thing they have done for themselves is believe they're able bodied. So despite of the disabilities, they don't believe that's going to stop them from achieving whatever they're trying to achieve. And of course, a lot of support system, you know, I think goes behind that from the family yes. to, to the trainers, to the coaches, everybody. But the advantage I think with them is that because they've come up with a struggle, um, you know, every activity for them becomes a struggle. They stop looking at anything new as a struggle anymore. For them, it's always an uphill climb. And I think that's something I tell a lot of people. I try to do myself, you know, half glass full. You want to look at the half glass full and not half glass empty. Don't see what you don't have. See what you have and build on your strengths. And I think that's the biggest difference. Uh, They're all looking at long term benefits that they want to achieve rather than, okay, I want to get married and I want to lose weight. Do that. That's an incentive. But then sustain that weight loss because then, you know, you've worked so hard. So whatever they're working on, it's always an uphill for them. So it's great.
0: What is the difference in thought process when it comes to them on nutrition versus regular people who come to you on nutrition? Like how, how do they differ on the mental stage?
1: I think huge difference is the fact that they're very persistent and resilient so you know what happens is I feel when an athlete makes that choice they know what they're in for whereas for a lot of the general population who's coming for weight loss I mean they have a goal but you know a festival season comes by or a party comes by and then they the
0: discipline doesn't and they in. fall
1: back and everybody does I think even athletes have bad days too and you know when you do that I think the best thing about sport or what it teaches you you know as much as you win you also lose so every time you're down or you've made a mistake, you dust yourself, get mm-hmm. up and get back to doing what you're doing. And I tell that to the general population too, is that if you think you're, you know, you're not being able to stick to the plan or you didn't do well for two days, rather than, you know, thinking of the two days that went by and say, okay, now let it be. Anyways, I've cheated for two days. Let me go ahead for a whole month. I'll look at it at another day. Just get back. Even if that means you get back 50%, 70 And I think sports people versus general population they're able to do that a lot better
0: I'm, I'm going to get a little controversial here because there's something that's been really bugging me
1: hmm.
0: you've got an entire chunk of people who are putting up posts on Instagram and they're talking about something called fat shaming then there's another group of people who's saying that if you're thin, I call you thin. If you're fat, I call you fat. I'm not fat, shaming you. Hmm. But hey, you got to lose weight. It's for your own good. And that leads to some kind of you know downward motion or downward spiral when it comes to their mental health. They lose confidence. And it becomes the fact that You know, I tried, I did everything, I'm just not losing weight. I've gone to a dietitian, I've gone to a nutritionist, I joined the gym, I'm playing a sport, but I'm not losing weight. So, you know what, I'm okay with my body and my body is beautiful the way it is. I have a problem with that thought process sometimes. Yeah. Because I believe, you know what, how you look, your body shape, it doesn't matter. But if you can't walk up three flights of steps without taking a break or huffing and puffing or puking at the top of it, there is a proper problem in your system. Right? Yeah. There's a problem which is going to lead to long-term issues. Correct. Yeah. When it comes to nutrition, now certain people can't work out because you know when you're that overweight, you have a problem with your knees start hurting, your back start hurting. I had that problem. I remember calling you and telling you when we first started Correct. that I couldn't do much yeah. uh, is nutrition a good step to start and then move into workout or you need to do both together how is it that you see this moving forward for those people
1: okay so first like you said I think I am of the same belief so let me start with as a nutritionist as an athlete as a person who's just wants to be fit for the rest of her life. I think for me, aesthetically, I like to look a certain way, but body types do vary. Everybody's results vary because the body responds differently. Otherwise, like I said, if I wanted to be a Roger Federer and I was training the same number of hours, I should have had the same game, but that's not how it works. Or we have people with the same weight and look completely different. I mean, you see it on Instagram, you have the same weight and women of all shapes and sizes with the same weight. So it's not about body weight, it's not about fat, it's not about looking a certain way, but being healthy. And I think you highlighted that when you said fitness-wise, if you're healthy and you're able to do your daily activities without having to push hard, that means you're fit. Now fitness can be also various levels. Now if somebody's starting afresh and carrying a lot of weight, it is difficult on the joints because the weight is going onto the joints and you will have aches and pains. So the best way and in in the scientific terms, we often call it periodization which means you're doing it gradually. So the gradual shift is important and even with nutrition. So nutrition works 70% because you could exercise 6 hours and eat a lot more or a lot less and still not get your results right. So I think nutrition and fitness or exercise go hand in hand. However, nutrition holds almost 70% of that value. So even if you start with eating right, and when I'm saying eating right, there are so many versions of it as well. In fact, if you can just get into a routine, maybe start eating you know, on time, uh, checking how much quantity you're eating, not even type of food, nothing. There are so many ways that you can work. So even with nutrition, there are people who need a lot more hand-holding. They can't start on their own or can't stick to it on their own because they feel like it's a chore, But often I tell people it's like breathing air or when you're upset, you don't brush 10 more times because it's a part of your routine. Same way food or nutrition is a part of your routine. You have to feel that, you know, you're doing it regularly. We're just helping you structure the program. But if you want to also exercise, when people talk about muscle, so fat loss and muscle gain, without exercise, you can't build muscle. So exercise then comes in saying that if people say that okay, I've lost weight, but I don't feel fit, which is why exercise becomes equally important. So I think it's about being gradual. So even if you start with nutrition, start with basic exercise, basic movement for the human body is a simple walk. You walk even, you know, for basic movement every day from a room to another room or you get up, you sit down like a simple squat. So you can start with basic movements, start with 10, 20 minutes. There's no time That's a must do when you start. Then you wanna challenge yourself and say, okay, if I could walk 10 minutes without feeling tired because the body gets used to it, I will now move that to 30. Gradually, once walking becomes easier, fitness has more elements to it. So you just don't want to be good with cardiovascular capacity in again scientific terms. So walking is easier, but can I lift a box off the floor? Maybe I can't because I don't have the strength. So then working on strength elements. The good part about fitness today is you have 20,000 variations of exercises as well as type of exercises that you can choose from. You don't have to go to the gym only.
0: Obviously, a lot of the stuff that we learn comes from the internet. Yeah. Have you had problems where people have come to you, they've spoken to you, and then they've gone on Google, and they've read or heard something different, and then come back to you and say, but Google may ye likha tha. Has that happened Uh, have you had these problems
1: multiple times and now to a point even kids do that so first we had only adults who would have access to the internet and you know go through things and read and kids are very well equipped these days and sometimes we have people who even come back and say but on google i saw this is how somebody's playing tennis i tell them try it out because only if you try it out will you know thankfully um because we played sport i know athletes are more patient But the general population or kids I struggle with more because they want to see quicker results. And that's the challenge rather than what they've googled and come. So you know they'll be like oh but so and so person had a much faster response and unfortunately internet also has photoshop which Mm. doesn't help. I have oh I forgot to tell you I also have people who dictate their own plans which is even (laughs) worse. So They're like but I don't like this how about you putting in this and I'm like you are giving me the whole plan you're paying for it and you're asking me to write the same thing right. So I also get that. So I have to be careful of how much I allow and how much I say, no, you can't do this, try this.
0: Uh, Tell me a little about your uh, process and why you chose sports nutrition and why you chose to be a scientist in this field versus being a dietitian. And actually, before you start that, what is the the difference between the two?
1: So dietetics and nutrition do study food. But a lot of times here in India, we don't have a segregation in terms of a professional degree or a registration. But overseas, we actually have a dietetic course, which is for four years as an undergraduate degree. And I did, you know, any of my degrees, which were an undergraduate degree, were a three year course. So even nutrition is just a three year course. Now, dietitians normally also work with a lot of conditions where you're hospitalized so they work in a hospital environment whereas nutrition is a little more towards the counseling
0: right
1: there is an overlap dietitians also counsel but at the same time there's a hierarchy so if you're looking at a clinical hospital setup dietitians kind of play a bigger role if you're looking at the counseling end of it and you know helping more lifestyle related it's nutrition related so that's the first difference and the second is you have specialities within that as well. So I studied clinical nutrition and sports, sports being my major, you know, specialization because that's what was of interest to me. But I studied uh, pediatric nutrition, which is for kids, because that was an element I wanted to add. So there are various modules or specialist modules. Now the whole science part of it or the scientist part of it came before my nutrition actually for me, because when I was, like I said, playing I don't think I struggled with food alone. I know I started with that, but that was my first hurdle. Right. And the second was that I just wasn't strong enough when you compared an Indian athlete to international players, right? I was the tiniest when I was 16 and 13-year-olds were taller and bigger than me. And I was fighting that element too when I was playing. So I think, like I said, maybe I could have pushed better when I was younger. And I studied with so much khunna, saying that when I'm going to go, I'm going to study everything, you know, everything from the start to the finish, when it comes to performance.
0: What makes you a local hero is not what you do in life, is your thought process and what your mindset in life is. The reason that you could do what you did on the tennis court, the reason that you are winning, Uh, With nutrition, the reason that you were consulting with the biggest, biggest names in the sports field is because from the inside you're a winner. Thank you. What is the first thing that comes to your mind when it comes to winning?
1: Nothing's impossible. So, like literally, we also run that as a campaign saying fit possible. There's nothing in an athlete's dictionary which says impossible. And that I don't mean by results, I literally be, I think I'm, when I say that I'm talking about anything that I have taken up. I've wanted to give in a hundred percent and that itself makes everything possible.
0: As an athlete, you know, we, we lived a very, very different life from people, from our friends back then. We could not even meet most of them at the times they would like to. How has that changed your perception of life? in general like when you're sitting in a group and you hear people talking even at the age that we are at how is your perception and how is the thing your thought process different from other people
1: i think i loved what i did and nobody had to tell me that do this because it will make you successful and that was the key when i was playing tennis as well and today also when people you know people talk about having traveled or gone to some places or spend time with friends. I think I look, took a long time to find my own partner, uh, my husband, because I think when I played sport, you're never in one place. And you know, you I also
0: married a sportsman.
1: Yes, I married a sportsman, and I think uh, one of the things, if somebody gave me the best thing right now and told me that I'm going to have a hundred percent success, a lot of money, and and everything that I, you know, everybody, anybody in aspires to want or be. Versus the tennis life I had, I will go back to that tennis life because I think that life was the best It's taught me so much and like I said the the pain and the highs are so amazing that I would do it all over again
0: We as sportsmen are taught that it's never over until it's over. Tell me about a time in your life that You lost you were down And you managed to jump back up.
1: I think I've had two major um crossroads in my tennis career the first one was at 16 because i was on riding a high i started tennis quite late actually for a professional player but because you know and um, your dad is a tennis player and he's left-handed and that's our thing right it's our left-handed handshake that we talk about and because i was naturally left-handed i think the coaches kind of called my parents and said put her into tennis so my jump was really fast i was at the peak of my career and my main coach my head coach changed and he moved overseas and suddenly I had to change you know places where I was training coaches players that I was playing with and I think that itself for me because you know when you're younger you almost attach on and get this sense of comfort wherever you are and that was the first shift that I had to make and probably and I think that's the only thing if I had to look back maybe I should have gone ahead and you know not about going out and playing or you know training somewhere else but i think i should not have slacked down in those six months because you know when you're the iron is hot times yes yes i think the opportunities in sport when you're at your peak is when you want to you know when you're riding the wave you want to really ride the wave and it took me almost two years to again then bring back that performance that i was at and then the second time which i think was the biggest hit i had and my sister is a psychologist. I've actually not shared this with many people. It's something that's very, very important to me. Um, I was down with an injury, back injury, which was my career-ending injury. But I was really sad that I couldn't play. And, you know, I was talking to my sister and I think she's seen me go through the grind, you know, being charcoal and doing weeks after weeks, you know, of playing yeah, yeah. tennis and um, wondered why I'm even doing this. And my sister actually told me that I don't think it's the fact that you're missing tennis. I think it's the adrenaline rush that you're missing. And also the first time in my life, I had been pinned down by an external factor saying, I can't do yes. something. Yes. So it wasn't even the fact that I couldn't play, which I thought it was because I was missing being on court. But there were these other thoughts that probably made me feel like I had failed at something for the first time because academically I used to do well. Tennis, there was always an uphill. You have losses, but as long as your ranking move, moves up, you're winning some tournaments there's always something to look forward to and that was the first time I didn't know what's going to happen in my life because your entire life is revolving around one thing.
0: How do you jump back out of it?
1: Um, I think well I did cry a lot I I remember sitting with a box of tissue with my um, physiotherapist and the doctor and everybody and they're telling me that okay this is the choice you have to make do you do surgery which takes you out for another year and a half anyways so I would lose my ranking have to work on rehab so two years out And then go back into playing or try mending it conservatively and see how much tennis i can play and i think that's where i felt that nutrition became the highlight because i felt like that was my one way of staying connected to sport but i didn't stop playing i still you know like going back on court my all end goal is always to play tennis when i'm 60 with my tiny skirt and look the same and play the same (laughs) so i feel like i'm constantly that's that's like my highlight So, you know, everything around me outside my nutrition career revolves around that even today. And the way I bounced back was that, like I said, I think that sporting factor kind of helped me because I was beating myself down for one, two, three, four weeks. And I still remember I was in London that time. I was still, like I said, finishing Mm -hmm. my education and I wanted to play more tennis. And my sister came in and I was sitting in the same clothes from morning to evening trying to figure what I have to do next. Do I do another um, education, you know course or do i then move into counselling or do i apply for jobs and she's like what are you doing like you know you're sitting in that one corner since morning to evening i haven't seen you move she started packing my bags and i was like what are you trying to do and she said you know what pack your bags mend your back because i know then at least that will give you the the push to then do what next Mm is right and that at that point that was my limitation And uh, I felt great because I suddenly had a new goal and I had to just sort my back out and then I knew that whatever comes next would be after this one thing that was an issue. And of course,
0: you paid a match, you lost because your forehand didn't work, your goal was to improve your forehand again and that's what you did. Yeah,
1: and I cried like I said, but I I think what's important is bouncing back quickly. and, And maybe I would have howled my guts out for a week and then said, you know what, like I still have to do something about it. So just get going.
0: What is failure for Krishmi Cheda?
1: Is not attempting something. So no matter how many times I fail at it, if I keep attempting, even if that one-time success I get, I think my biggest issue was, and, and I've been more social media active now. Oh my God, I hate the camera. And just being in front of a camera, not talking. I'm a people's person. I love talking to people. And it was so challenging. It's more challenging than playing a match for me for a lot of people it's easy but it came i found it very difficult and i kept telling myself forget it you know somebody else will do it we'll just put up you know database post etc and i kept pushing myself and and it's been a year and a half and now my reels are getting better and my videos are getting better but not attempting is something i've never done
0: Sometimes when you're down, people say things to you, which are not particularly positive, but that is the kick in the butt you've needed to bounce back. Has that happened to you? And what has been told to you, which was probably told to you to put you down, but it's worked positively for you.
1: I think it's happened at multiple levels. Uh, when I was playing, because I started late, said, you know, we're late but we'll try. And like I said, I didn't stop attempting. I won my first nationals when I was under 14, which is much later for somebody who's looking at building up. Or again, you know, when you're down the second time when I feel like, you know, my tennis is gone and I had to prove to my own parents sometimes saying that no, tennis is important for me. And again, you know, you build everything from scratch. Um, I think every time I've been pinned down by either a person or a factor that's not helped me do something I want to. I, I am an aggressive person and I am an angry person. So for me, very often that anger turns into saying, I will show you, you know, I can do this. and, and That I becomes think your biggest strength. Yeah. And then I just, then like I said, I become so focused and you know, my horse blinkers are on that I'm all into it. So I that's why I said my attempt is the important part. So if that attempt doesn't happen, then I'm in a, you know, a space where I don't know what's happening.
0: Now talking about local heroes, that's what this show is all about. The first local hero that comes to our heads are our parents. The second one in our case would also be our coaches. For me, it's my dad itself. But our coaches, our teachers. Apart from your parents and coaches who are your heroes anyway, who are the people that you look up to? Do you want to name somebody or do you want to name something they've told you that will remain for you with you for the rest of your life?
1: Um. Like you said you've covered two very big important people, I think huge influences in my life Uh, but I do have friends who've been there when you know I have been down and out and when I say that actually a lot of times uh, sport and tennis as a sport is a very individual and a lonely sport, I mean we've been reading so much about it. Uh, But having other athlete friends, and like I said, I think my husband, I I do think he's played a very important role in my life. I met him many years ago. We just never thought of being together because it was different at that point of time. And, you know, he's from a different sport. But um, I think a lot of influence comes from other athletes. And whether it's an athlete who you see, I think Nadal's a big influence. Steffi's a big influence in my tennis career because I felt like
0: know, those are heroes. Yeah. I'm talking about local heroes, people just around From you, my life. From your life.
1: Oh, yes. I think my siblings have been a big influence. I know it's family again, but we have such limited friends and time <laughs> that I've spent outside tennis or outside my school time. And in school, like I said, I was barely in school because I was playing tournaments. I think the next influence for me were my siblings. And um, I don't think I give them enough credit. I know you have a sibling, you have yes. a sister as well. And so, for me, my sisters, so, yeah.
0: You you just said you don't give them enough credit. Yeah. How about I give you that opportunity?
1: Absolutely. So I so have. you can
0: look straight here.
1: Sure. Okay. Okay. So I have two sisters actually. I want you to look here. Okay. I'm and sorry I I'm going to cut to you that off
0: because this is something that I'm going to send f- your sisters later. Okay. Fine. Oh Mind God. you look straight would, in the camera yeah. and tell? Talk to your sisters, say one line, two lines, anything you oh want.
1: Oh my god, I'm going to start crying then because if I have to talk to them directly, then I think it's pretty hard. Okay, I line. shall I shall do it. Try it. Okay, so I have for everybody, I, I have two sisters, Kripali and Bijal, both are older than me. And I think the sacrifices they made helped me be where I am. So apart from paving the path for me, for my career, and you know, kind of setting a standard and I had to always catch up with them. Thank you Kripali and Bijal for everything. For, for letting mom and dad spend time with me when I was playing tennis and you all managing everything on your own and treating me like a child and you know helping me in every way. Thank you very much.
0: It's always nice when my local hero talks to their local heroes on the show. Yeah. So thank you both of you for helping her be as awesome as she is. Uh, Krishmi, before we go, hmm. um, I'm going to direct you like a movie, but this is real life. Okay. Because if you don't really uh, follow what I say, mm. or you don't do what I tell you to do, mm. you can die. There's <laughs> there, there's death right on on the horizon.
1: Okay, okay, you're making me sweat now. Yes. Good.
0: You've got to mm. look into this camera again. Your, mm. your selfie camera, mm. and you've got to look in that camera and talk to people. Mm. And give them one piece of advice. One piece. That's hmm. it.
1: Word, or I can have a. You can like, have a sentence. Okay.
0: So one piece of advice. Hmm. You gotta imagine this is a dark room. Hmm. Uh, there's just one spotlight on you. Hmm. And you gotta give them a piece of advice. Hmm. Like your life depends on it. This is the most important advice of your life that you live by, hmm. or you think people should live by. Hmm. But remember, your life depends. On this okay. I am trying to be dramatic.
1: Okay, I think um, <laughs> don't give up. That's it. Just don't give up. Keep telling yourself, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. And that's all because that's how my life depends on everything. If I'm drowning also, if I'm going scuba diving and I couldn't breathe and I was choking, that's all I kept telling myself, you can do it.
0: You can do it. You can do it.